This episode is sponsored by Studio Sweden Headphones and Cryptid Crate. We hope you enjoy the show. This podcast is part of the Dark Myths Collective. Visit darkmyths.org to discover more shows like this one. The Darkness Awaits. Toby, and alongside me are my co-hosts. Please introduce yourselves, ladies. Addison. Kristen. And today, we have Keith Linder on the line. He is coming Yay! back to tell us about... Follow-ups. Yes. He, th- now, there's there's several different names on this case, and, and that's the first <laughs> question I'm going to ask you, is which one we're, we're going to state this as, because originally you liked the name Washington State Poltergeist. Uh... Uh, what was the uh, the ghost hunters called it? Demons in Seattle, and uh, you've got a book currently out right now, and it's got the title "The Bothell Hell House." Is that right? Right. So correct. Yeah. So, are we sticking with the Bothell Hell House now? Well, I mean, wait, um, what is it? The Bothell Hell House. Bothell. Yeah. What's Bothell come from? No, Bothell is the city oh, okay. where we lived. Yeah, Bothell, Washington. Okay. Um, no, I mean, uh, there's three dimensions to this case. Right. Um, the official, I guess, name, if you will, um, the one that's on my, my Facebook and the one I communicate outward when I'm on Facebook is the Washington State Portuguese case. Right. Um, Demons in Seattle just so your listeners know, is the name of the episode that Ghost Adventures titled when it came to our house and investigated November 2014. So they call it Demons in Seattle. Um, That's their moniker, Travel Channel, whatever. But just to keep familiarity, because a lot of people who saw that episode Asked the question, hey, what happened to that house? What happened to that couple? Right, because y'all uh, moved, didn't y'all? Yeah, we moved two years ago. And how come Ghost Adventures didn't find anything? Um, was it real, fake, hoax, over-exaggeration? So it's known uh, by demons in Seattle, especially by those who follow Ghost Adventures. But to connect the dots, if you will... Um, when I related to other investigators, it's the Washington State Portuguese case. Half of the investigators I talked to are not familiar with the Demons in Seattle episode, so they have to rewind and go back and watch it just from familiarity. <laughs> um, the Bothell Hell House, we've talked about that, is simply the name of the book that incorporates pretty much everything because, believe it or not, um, Demons in Seattle only covers five hours of Zach Baggins' investigation. That's all they investigated was five hours. Right. It was very it was very limited. Uh, if that's what you told us last time. They didn't really put right. a bunch of time in like some of the other investigators that you had visit the house. Right. And the investigators that came after them 
we officialized it by calling the Washington State Portuguese case, especially when the teams let their, um, I guess, evidence, if you will, be uh, publicized to say, yeah, this is a weird but typical Portuguese case, however extreme. The Bothell Hell House is incorporating everything because it starts from 2012. It's really four years of unbelievable activity. Right. Whereas Ghost Adventures came in toward the tail end. The other teams came in toward the tail-tail end. This one starts off with me and Tina moving into the house day one. And then it ends, the book I'm talking about, ends pretty much right when I'm about to move out, which was May of 2016. Which so for anyone years. who doesn't know, when he references Tina in our previous episodes, that is his wife. And uh, she's the one who experienced everything with him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Tina, we, we both lived in the house to, uh, together. Um, she was, once again, on the Demons of Seattle episode. So, yeah, Tina is, yeah, she was my uh, ex-girlfriend at the time. Yeah. Oh, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's let's uh, uh, dive into some of the, just for the people that haven't, haven't gotten real familiar with everything. Uh, let's, what are some of the uh, things that were happening in the house? Well, some of the things the case is famously known for is, and this is what we reported throughout our ordeal that finally got the attention of out-of-state investigators, was the Burning Bibles. Uh, I believe you aired some of that footage. Yeah, on our YouTube uh, Throwing channel. it up against on, the wall and everything. Your, right. Um, the Burning Bibles, uh, the Burning Cross, uh, enormous amount of wall writings. Uh, there was uh, 666 written um, upside down, man, uh, what looks like a stick figure written uh, upside down crosses the, are the, written. The card that says Die Keith was the one that, or what did it say? Uh, that says Die KL. That oh, Die Keith. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Which, that one's the creepiest to me. I don't know for why. For anyone that didn't, uh, so on the the wall writings and everything, y'all never fully, no one ever said what the material was made of except for that it was something that was unknown. Right? Well, well, we, well I can provide you updates because oh. we do know, we do know some of the wall writings were made of. Um, but yeah, going back to that Die KL, um, all of that was written um, in my office, uh, also written in the hallway, um, and you're right, that was very unnerving because that's when the activity, I mean, we're been, we've been there three years by now and, or two years and the activity has started to pivot from me and Tina to just me. Right. And imagine yourself, I mean, you're cornered. Was, you are you're the cornered. it person. Yeah. You're the it person. Um, it became so intense whenever Tina was outside the house. Um, they would attack me. I'm, I'm literally talking about backing out the driveway. Um, if Tina's backing out the driveway and all of a sudden she forgot something and runs back in the house, she can. She was witnessing the hell breaking loose on me. Um, or she would run back in the house and say, Keith, all your car doors are open outside. Um, one morning I went to run to the store and there inside my car was written die KL uh, and similar ink on just about every upholstery uh, in the car. 
Um, there's a chapter in my book, uh, the Bothell Hell House, titled "Die KL," and, it's, and it's, it was given its own chapter for a reason. It's because when things, and this happened after Ghost Adventures left, mind you, the Die KL stuff. Um, when you start having that amount of focus on one individual, um, it becomes unnerving. I mean, I'm just having chef knives thrown at me. Oh. Um, oh, shit. Scissors, um, iron. I'm not talking about the iron, but I'm talking about the iron <laughs> thrown. Now, um, do you think this had anything to do with because you were becoming more interested on capturing it on tape or uh, audio or anything like that? Or, or was this even around that time? Or were, did you start doing all that because the crazy stuff? Well, yeah, I made a I made a bad mistake, and I didn't notice at the time. But if anybody's ever listening or right now who encounters something like this, and I hope you never do, uh, I made the mistake of, uh, for lack of a better word, making it personal, making it uh, vindictive in the sense of it's me versus them. And I even said that one night. Pretty much calling them out. Yeah, I called them out, and um, we had had a lot of activity. The previous night and I was upset because we couldn't get any sleep so I went in my room pulled out about five sheets of printer paper and grabbed a sharpie and just wrote nasty notes to the ghost and taped it <laughs> to every wall Hell yeah. in my office and I learned later through Father Roy and through other teams something that's active that's a no-no that's I mean really putting your life in danger uh, because that's when they started focusing primarily on me there have been other hints of them focusing on me already but this really brought the message home of okay he's challenging us he's bringing in more cameras we've destroyed a majority of them yet he's still bringing in more he's leaving us nasty notes we can leave nasty notes all day um he has to sleep we don't (laughs) um let's just ratchet up the activity and let's put him and his girlfriend at odds with each other. Keep in mind, they're also working Tina against me, me against her. Uh, a lot of finger pointing, a lot of innuendo, and it's just really intensifying the level of stress in the home. So I do have two questions. I think maybe I did ask you this in the last one. Um, I can't really remember because yeah, it's been two, two, two years. years. <laughs> um, we should have done this way sooner. I apologize. Before... That's our fault. You ever experienced this in your current homes as a child? Did you ever feel that anything was pegged to you or that it was following you or you had this dark spirit with you this whole entire time that maybe it's just following you alone? Uh, no, I mean, that's uh, a good question. And um, one of the questions I answered in my book was just that because me and Tina had been together two years prior to moving in together. And Neither one of us has ever had anything come close to, hey, when I was a kid, I saw a tricycle move across the room when I was playing by myself, or hey, when I was a kid or a teenager, we played with a Ouija board. We never did any of that, Um, and especially living alone, um, I've never had anything remotely close. Uh, Neither did Tina. She told me she did, not take it for a word. what we found out, and this is just part of the update for today's episode, is there was a family who had similar activity uh, about five years before we arrived there. Oh. Um, and wow. this person or this I was you know, talking to through the course of our ordeal, um, 
yeah, did admit, and it, and it took a while for me to find her. It took two years, and it was only luck that I found her. And it's basically because her mail kept coming to our house, so I looked her up on Facebook. <laughs> hey, and, uh, trust so, us. Social media is so <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> oh, yeah, when you got two million members, I mean, the odds are in your favor of finding somebody. Right. <laughs> um, so uh, I found her, but I was very nervous about how to approach her because who's this weird guy coming at me? I don't know. I'm yeah. sitting Right, because you don't want to feel like a crazy person either. Yeah, like, you're like, yeah. hey, shit's getting and, thrown at me in my own house. Like, <laughs> Has this yeah, happened to you? And they're like, psycho. <laughs> like, block. Yeah, this is weird old guy. Especially <laughs> if they didn't have anything happen to them. Or if they were just too traumatized. And, and a were, lot of people don't talk about that stuff. It's taboo. You know? I mean, it's just, it really is. And, I mean, did y'all ever find out if y'all were, like, living on burial grounds? Or if anything was underneath y'all to where it would cause just it to be stuck to that house? Uh, we looked and looked and looked because going back to the wall writing, some of the languages or symbols written on the wall were Native American in nature. Mm-hmm. So that gave us to believe. And Bothell, which is in the state of Washington, 20 minutes outside of Seattle, uh, there's a lot of Native American here. And um, But the trail grew cold because there was nothing, and by nothing, I mean documentation proving that the area was once Native American. Uh, but that doesn't mean anything because right. the Snohomish County didn't start keeping records like that until 1973. Um, and also, the other houses were not having any activity. Just okay, good. That our, answers one of my just, questions. Ju- yeah, just our house. And the researchers interviewed, um, uh, every researcher that came to the house besides Ghost Adventures did interview our neighbors. And the neighbors were like, no, we have not had activity uh, that we know of uh, um, in our homes. Um, we just know our animals respond weirdly to walking by Keith Linder's house. Um, they were able to get that on a clipboard, but um, nothing concrete as to say, oh, yeah, our house has fluctuations with the lights or anything to make you think, aha, it is the land. <laughs> but um, Don and Steve, the, the, the two guys from the UK who spent two weeks in the house, it came twice, January and April of 2016. Uh, they put the question out there and did get some answers. I mean, they got some quality EVPs and these are on my YouTube channel where they asked the question, are there any Native Americans here? And the answers were resounding yes. Are there any Native American burial grounds here or nearby? And the answer was yes. And um, you can hear them clear as day. Uh, Dawn is in the creek, which is behind my house. It's a wooded area. Oh, it's like wow. 2 a.m. in the morning. Um, yeah, because the house that... wasn't that old, was it? house was built in 2005. Yeah. So it was relatively a young house, still is, as far as houses go. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can count on one hand how many families have lived in it, including the, the original owner. Well, hell yeah, uh, I bet. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a relatively, it's a young neighborhood. I mean, the neighborhood, uh, Bothell was founded in the mid-1800s. This neighborhood was built um, officially in the early 2000s, and uh, they just start cultivating it until 2004, 2005. So has Tina uh, experienced anything after being away from you? Uh, no, Tina has not experienced any activity. Um, 
in her new location, like keep in mind, she moved out three years. She's been out right. of the house three years. I've been out two. Um, we talk, and you know, one of the questions I get, and she gets probably, is, "Hey, did they follow you? Or hey, mm-hmm. you got any floating objects?" That's a and, big thing. And and there's two answers that I, or two theories I have, besides as to why that's not the case, especially in the grand scheme of things, is because it seemed in this house. The Portuguese really excelled in their activity with two people being present. They really, I mean, the, the previous family, the one who had activity. Two powers is better went, than one kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, their marriage went to hell. They broke up or got a uh, divorce as a result of the activity. And it really oh, no. took them for a ride. Uh, same thing it did for uh, me and Tina. Um so the odds, of, I mean, in, in Portuguese cases, are very interesting or malevolent spirits. They really like to pivot off one toward the other. Um, what's Play interesting? Play each other against each other. Exactly, and what probably I guess contradicts that theory in itself is when she moved out, I still lived in the house for a year and a half, and there was still level one, level two activity. None of the violent stuff. Only thing remaining with me living in the home were uh, loud bangs. Uh, objects teleporting or aporting, uh, occasional electric, electrical issues, uh, phantom footsteps, and um, just the poking and the prodding while sleeping. I mean, that's enough right there, and that's just level one. Um, but all the large objects being thrown, wall writings, fires, books burning, um, objects being thrown at me uh, stop within days or weeks before Tina moved out. Did Okay, so... I'm starting to think this is a one, Poltergeist. <laughs> uh, so i focused on you. <laughs> I, for, I forgot my question. I oh, had sorry. a question. <laughs> uh, oh, that, I was going to ask, you know, you know, when you were living in the house uh, by yourself, did, you'd still hear the bangs and everything. Does that creep you out at all? Or, or does... Do you become used to it to where you're just like uh that was just a noise i'm gonna i'm gonna stay asleep or do you still jump up after dealing with this kind of stuff for a couple of years and or like i said is it something I'm that you can it. ignore and just yeah you can brush it off or is it something that you're just like um you do get desensitized um for me you just get tired or scared of looking around the corner right i mean now it used out. to be where we would get up out of the bed, me and Tina go look around the corner and chase the noise down. And the last thing we said before crawling back to bed is, you know, shut up, be quiet, or get out of our house. And I would just be there. I would just start saying that from my bed. I'd be like, shut up, be quiet, get out of my house. Um, because you just now you're just tired of it. It would have to be a really loud noise to make me get up and go investigate uh, keep in mind, they were still bombard you while laying in the bed. That's the poking, the prodding, the pulling of the sheets, uh, or the uh, the bad nightmares. But yeah, overall, I mean, rewinding back to when the first paranormal team came over, and this was uh, Jennifer. She was featured on the Ghost Adventures episode, and she told Zach that her sage stick caught fire when they investigated the house. Um, the night that Jennifer and her team left, it was just me and Tina. This is the, f- the first Bible um, catching fire um, 
a lot of activity, a lot of banging, a lot of noise, and then lo and behold, there's a Bible on the floor and it's on fire. But um, yeah, you do sort of get uh, fatigued and tired. But when Jennifer and her team arrived at the house, uh, me and Tina had been in the home pretty much ducking objects when they arrived, and um, the house was humming. We didn't hear it because we had been home all day. And Jennifer and her team, like your house is making an, a, a, a slightly faint but noticeable humming noise. And she asked us to step outside and then step back in. And we did. Once we stepped back in, we could hear it. Um, it, res- uh, it slowly resided within about four hours of them being there. But um, that was interesting, that humming noise. So how many paranormal teams did you have come in through the house over the years? Um, probably about eight paranormal teams. Wow. Including Ghost Adventures. And, and uh, you had people come bless the house and uh, try to uh, do other things, uh, 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 priests and stuff. How, how many, uh, how many times did you have that happen? Like different, just different methods trying to get rid of this entity. Yeah. Well, 2012, that's the year we moved in. Um, once again, level low level one activity. Uh, I'm talking about plants flying and chairs sliding across the floor. We had the house blessed twice, and um, of course that didn't work. But um, <laughs> we get our we're getting our information online and off websites as to things to do. So you're, you're doing things, or friends are recommending try this, try that. What's, um, we're smudging. Yeah, uh, I was about to ask what's what's the craziest uh, or what you would think would be the craziest thing that you tried to do. Like I don't know, oh, really? Le- oh, le- leaving like oranges out unpeeled for six weeks, or you know, is there something really goofy that y'all are like, let's try it? It's ridiculous, but we're gonna try it anyway. Oh man, I can give you like top five that were just oh outright, yeah, please. All right, silly, and this is coming from. Sorry, but this is coming from paranormal teams. Yeah, no, there's there's um, different methods for everything. We're not saying they're wrong, but we I would like to right, right, <laughs> right. I mean, some. I mean, one was we should leave a bowl of salt water in every room, uh, just a bowl of salt water, <laughs> and okay. um, that that's going to change the dynamics of the room or the house. Um, of course, the spirits took that bowl of salt water and threw it at us. <laughs> It's not funny, but it's... <laughs> no, uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, but I, I was trying to picture me and Tina hearing this and trying not to roll our eyes at some of these suggestions. But we tried them because, hey, who are we? Yeah, but, right, exactly. Um, you can't help but roll your eyes like, oh, dude, really? Okay, let's go buy some salt. But <laughs> another one was, um, uh, what was that one? Le- oh, yeah, leave um, leave music on. Leave leave. Uh, Walt Disney, it's a small world music on when you go to work oh. throughout the house, or leave a gospel channel on. The spirits hate that, and that will get rid of them. Of course, we come home, the, the radio's off, or the channel has been changed. Oh, that's creepy. Um, I mean, there was one instance where I, I left the music on in my office, and by the time I got to my front door. Because uh, I got to outside on my driveway and my office window is open. I can hear the music coming outside, barely. But um, I heard the music channel change. With the, I haven't even left the house yet. Wow. I didn't get to my front door, and they've already changed the station to something that's totally oblivious to what I had intended. Right. Um, 
other ones were leave or bury, you know, leave a cigarette out or yeah, cigarette or tobacco with scotch or whiskey uh, as an offering on your table uh, to the Native American spirits, if there are Native American spirits here. Uh, these are recommendations coming from shamans and uh, mediums, uh, things like that. Um, other ones were, and I mean, this is weird. I, I sort of get the logic of it based on what I've seen and what I know, but it's just weird applying this of take your favorite pair of shoes and face them opposite of each other in your doorway. One facing in, one facing out. I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> now it's, it's really interesting. Cause you know, I don't, I don't really know any of the, uh, procedures anyone would do to try to get an entity out of their house or to calm them down or whatever so that's interesting just hearing some of the the different things that people were like i don't know try this <laughs> yeah it, 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 it was a lot of them and and most people's heart were in the right place right and maybe that had worked on a previous event or an experience but um you're pretty much ma- uh, making it up as you go because nobody knows nobody knows what you know what ails this house or what ails you are attending to the point of, oh, this is going to work. One of the quotes I like from uh, one of my paranormal investigators was, there's no silver bullet. Yep. There's no silver bullet that's going to be the aha, end-all, be-all. And then some things made the activity worse. Saging made the activity worse. The spirits were very adverse to saging. And they made that point known numerous times of, destroying the house at the offset of a smudging or saging. The first poster fire, believe it or not, I believe to this day happened because the previous night, me and Tina or Tina saged the house considerably and went to work the next day and I'm taking a shower and the poster caught fire while I was in the shower on oh, the other man. side of the house. Um, but, and then after, after studying and knowing, once you started researching there are documented cases where guys, demonic spirits, are adverse to just anything you do to get rid of them. Uh, a nasty guys really takes it personal, you trying to remove them, sage included, and they ratchet up the events happening around you. I mean, for Jennifer to have her sage stick light by itself 20 seconds before she's about to smudge the house, that tells you something. Right. I mean, how would you like to be firing at a at a villain, and the villain's like, hey, let me put the bullets in your gun before you shoot me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, that's basically what the spirit did when they lit her sage stick. It's like, oh, you're about to smudge, let me help you with that. Right. And where, where, where do you go from that? You know, or it burns your Bible, or well, and, takes all your crosses and burns the word. I mean, where, what do you do after that? Right. That's what I was about to bring up was, you know, the Bibles were another trick. Like, they told, uh, people were telling you to leave the Bibles open to a certain page. Uh, yeah. And yeah. and how many Bibles did you have that ended up just combusting? Uh, uh, three Bibles combusted. And you're right, people, and, and it seemed logical because they say open up the Proverbs or Psalms. And, mm-hmm. and I grew up in the church, and I and, and those chapters that, that they told me to open up to, I know by heart anyways, Lord's Prayer and whatnot. So I get that. But you're right. Um, those Bibles would spontaneously burst into flames, catch fire, get thrown. Uh, okay, I had one Bible. This, this Bible never caught fire, but it's still missing to this day was thrown at me while I was taking a shower. I mean, I was taking a shower, <laughs> and this was during the Dike KL uh, week or month, Ooh. 
And um, all of a sudden, something comes hurling in my room or in the bathroom and busts through the shower curtain. And then the door slams and the light goes off. I mean, that's just... That's, that's just horrifying. That's just, that's just horrifying. You don't know what it is. I mean, I mean, we're two years into this, and you don't know what that was. You don't know what got thrown in. You're you're scrambling blindly to the the light switch, and you turn the light switch on, and then you look and they're on the floor in tatters. There's a wet, soaking Bible, <laughs> and you still haven't stepped outside your bathroom. You don't know what's even out there in the hallway waiting for you. This might be part one of a part two thing. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And God, that's just the beginning of it. You, I, I would, I'd, I'd be peeking yeah. out that shower real slow. It slowly. might be, it uh. might be razor wired on the <laughs> hallway doorway. As soon as I poke my head up, we got him. Yep. yep. All right. <laughs> you know, and they clean up the scene by the time Tina gets home or the first. What the hell happened here? Naked guy in the hallway, bathroom, Bible <laughs> in the bathtub. What the hell? I mean, those go through your mind. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. See, when when Kristen and I uh, hear a noise in the house, Kristen, mm. which every time we do one of these kind of spooky, I don't think I can stay uh, in ghost the house kind of myself, episodes. Uh-huh. I used to not be able to. Like, I, you clearly lasted way longer than I could have. <laughs> well, when we have the when we talk about these kind of things, it it doesn't usually take but about a week before we start hearing all kinds of weird noises. And of course, me being the guy, Kristen's like, "You go check it. I think someone's yeah, in our it's, house." It's so one I'm like, thing "No, <laughs> I hear it because I'm a girl." But whenever your fiance comes home and he's like. Hey, I heard this. It's oh like, yeah, we, oh I no, heard it, like, hell the, no. The other day, I was <laughs> I'm up, done. Like, I, I was up late upstairs by myself, and I was watching TV, and I heard something like whisper in my ear, yeah. and it freaked me out. And I didn't tell yeah. her. I didn't tell her about it for a couple of days. But we we have some goofy, uh, weird experiences. Yeah, he in this waits house. to tell me. Well, I wasn't gonna tell her, and then I was like, ah, I better tell her just in case she hears anything. <laughs> oh, just in case. Well, yeah. Just in case she whispers next. a memo in your note, and I'm looking for it. Yeah, you know, I heard that a couple of days before. I well, mean, that's things, just crazy. There were things I didn't tell Ugh. Tina because it freaked me out. And if, I, if something freaks me out, it's going to freak Tina out 20 times worse. Right. And the first time we were sitting in bed uh, watching TV and something poked me through the mattress in my ribcage. I mean, literally poked me. And the first time I shrugged it off, like, okay, that was weird. Like a finger yeah. poke? Like a finger poke. And oh, no, oh, no. Oh, hell and no. she's like flipping channels or whatever. 20 minutes later, does it three more times. It jabs me like, okay, we're going to get your attention again. And I look at Tina, and I want to tell her so bad. <laughs> but like, I, I'm just like, touched if, me. if I tell Tina you. something just poke me, she's going to be livid. It's not- <laughs> you, can't, you can't even go to sleep after that shit. You can't like, go to sleep after that. It's done. That. It took me weeks to finally confess to her that was happening, of me being poked and the sheets being. Which is weird. Off. I wonder if she thought she's being poked, but it was a whole different Tina story. Tina would tell me in a she's minute. She's like, "Stop, Keith." Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got poked because I didn't know how she would react, and I didn't know how I was going to react because everything they've been doing up to that. Thing has been physical manifestations, things I can see with my eye or hear in my ears. This came from the mattress, and I was like, wait a minute, that was very <laughs> deliberate and intentional. And something just jabbed me, then it jabbed me, and then it started doing it multiple nights, and then you're like, aha, I got it. 
And then it started doing it in hotel rooms when I travel on business. Oh, my I, goodness. I, That's I, what I hope. I, I hope if I have, like, a poltergeist or a ghost following me around, they're like a comedian trying to break out. Because or, I'm they're they're going to be, like, like, you know, doing stupid stuff or joking. Be like, ha you know, gotcha. p- playing <laughs> pranks on me or something. And be like, you we got me. Hope. You got me. Yeah, we, we 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 I wish ours were pranksters. I mean, maybe year one they were pranksters, but yeah, it's it's at your own expense. How about that? Is the so the only do. thing that I've really truly felt in our house, and um, it may have been, I mean, it could have been a dream, but to me it was all real. Uh, where I was actually sleeping, and I my mother has passed away and everything, but. At the same time, like, while I was, like, having a... Or I was sleeping, I had thought about my mom, and something felt like it was sitting down next to me on the bed. You know how somebody yeah. sits down, and you feel the bed kind of cave in around the edge? Yep. I felt oh, yeah. that. Keith has, has and, uh, some videos about the experiences the same. Yeah, I got so a lot of videos about that one, yeah. I felt like somebody was sitting next to me while I was sleeping, and I actually was not feeling good or anything like that, and... I remember my mom, whenever I wasn't feeling good, she'd, you know, be there for me and everything. And she'd, you know, tend to me. And so I felt that pressure down on the bed as if somebody was sitting down next to me. And I was kind of leaning. And it was so weird because I was like, you know, and me, we're in a 2010 house. Like, it doesn't, you wouldn't think that things would be there. But, I mean, they can follow you. I mean... And my only response in the morning was after I thought about it. To me, it was a dream. It could have not been a dream because I was awake looking at the window when it happened. But, you know, at the same time, you're like, man, I really hope this was it. I hope, you know, I really hope my mom sat down next to me and, you know, put her arm around me or whatever or just sat there next to me because it, it's it's a big deal. Like, you know, not necessarily. Yeah. Yours is scary and stuff like that, but there are some out there that are really you know, sweet and kindering kind of things where it's like, hey, you know what? You may have this, but, I mean. Oh, my, yeah. my No, my grandparents' house that got burnt down um, was 1,000% haunted. <laughs> maybe that's why it was burnt down. I <laughs> yeah. say that, but maybe why. But no, seriously, though. Like, it ghost. was, like, when I was, my uncle passed away when I was three, and probably about two years later, I was up in our storage building, like, at the back of the pasture, and there's... I wasn't supposed to be in the top of it, but there's a giant hole and I fell through it and my grandma was out there and she said that I basically like floated down. She was Holy like, crap, you, like somebody saved you. Like my, uh, she in Someone guided you down yeah. slowly. Mm-hmm. Someone she said I didn't have a bump or a scratch or anything and I fell from a two story storage building. Wow. When I, when she asked wow. me like what happened, I was like, oh, Uncle Lee saved me. Like, well, I mean, I think I've talked about it before, but my aunt with her, have I ever talked about yeah. the ghost? Yeah. So, I mean, like, my aunt who's ever broken her hip, it's only been in her house. And it's only been when she's on the stairs. And everybody always says they see, like, some dark-clothed woman. Um, but she has fell down the stairs. And whenever she, every time that she's broke her hip, she falls. She falls and she says that she feels like she's been pushed. Ugh. So, she had this housekeeper one time who, uh, after my aunt went and took my great-grandmother out. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's my granny. Took her out and everything to go eat and went to this woman's brunch thing. She had a Hispanic housekeeper who couldn't really speak very good English, but she, like, really talked to her and everything. And she was like, oh, I met your mom. And she was like, oh, you did? And she was like, yeah, she was standing by the fireplace. 
And I tried to talk to her, but she didn't say nothing back to me. Well, she's like, you're sure it was my mom? She's like, I mean, she's an elderly lady. She's like, I had my mom out to brunch today. That's weird. The lady was standing by the fireplace, standing there, not listening to the housekeeper or anything. But she saw the housekeeper, you know? Mm -hmm. It's one thing when your family members see it, but it's another thing when the housekeeper sees it. Like a stranger. Like a stranger. That is no, like, you know, doesn't coincide with anything. And she's like, yeah. And I talked to her and she didn't say anything back to me. And uh, when I came back downstairs, she was gone. So I just thought that maybe y'all had left. No, y'all left all right. This is a ghost. You know, like, it was weird. And with that being said, let's take a quick break and then we will talk to Keith about the apparitions that were in the Bothell house. We will be right back. What's up, UFOnauts? It's your UFO guy, Rob Christofferson. Have you ever been curious about the UFO phenomenon, but unsure of where to start? Have you ever wondered about just what crashed at Roswell? Have you ever wanted common sense advice about licking UFOs? The answers don't. Then check out the Our Strange Skies podcast, where we dive into America's rich UFO history and uncover what these sightings say about ourselves. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and most podcast apps, as well as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Don't forget to look up, because you never know what you'll find in Our Strange Skies. In Grey We Trust. Real quick, I would like to tell you about our sponsor, Studio. They have some of the best quality headphones that I've ever used. I'm currently using the Regent. We uh, still haven't clarified on how to say it, so I'm going to say it Regent this time. But they're the -the over-the-ear models, and they are fantastic. In fact, they're so good, when I first got my pair and started listening to our show on them, I started to panic because I could hear little things that I, I hadn't noticed before. So if you've noticed any audio changes in the show lately it's because these headphones pointed out the problems that we were having they have a 24 hour active battery and 20 days of standby live so if you charge them once and you don't use them for a little while that's okay because they'll still come on they connect through the bluetooth but what's really cool is they also have the auxiliary port so you can just put the cord in put the cord into your phone or whatever the devices you want to use a Game Boy, who knows, whatever. And what's even really cool is these will work through the auxiliary port if your headphones do die, because I'm really bad about charging stuff, but I can always depend on the auxiliary port. The headphones are really cool by themselves, and they're really slick looking, but you can also get these little interchangeable caps on the side so you can kind of customize them yourself. There's a couple of different designs that you can get. They're really, really cool. But the coolest thing about this is it's free worldwide shipping that's a bargain right there on top of that you can save 15 percent on any purchase if you use the promo code secret at checkout so go to studio.com use the promo code secret for 15 percent off of any purchase and you will love these headphones i promise we love ours My name is Tony from the Conversations with God podcast. It's a podcast where I have open, frank and deep discussions with the creator of the universe, God. In this short clip you're about to hear, we ask God a very deep philosophical question from episode 8.
Louise has emailed in to the show and she asks, God, if you unscrew your belly button, does your bum fall off? Ooh, that's a good one. Well, I suppose I'd better uh, better give it a try, hey, Tony? Hold on. Hmm? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no, my, my bum's fallen off. There you go, Louise. The answer to your question is yes. If you unscrew your belly button, your bum will fall off. On Twitter and Facebook, at Convo with God Pod. If you have a question for the Lord, conversations with God podcast at gmail.com. The show is available on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Conversations with God, removing the annoying leg hair of religion with a satirical wax strip. And we are back, and if, uh, Keith, you saw some uh, apparitions in, in the, the, the Bothell house, right? Yeah, the uh, female apparition, the first one, uh, and they all look the same. Uh, the first one was um, a female apparition, what I refer to as the gray lady, only because she was 100% gray. Uh, I saw her the summer of 2012, summer, fall of that year. Um, the same lady all of a sudden turned all white or became all white uh, by late fall or early winter of 2014. Uh, so it's about two year difference. Um, but it's interesting. The first time I saw her, it was an interaction of um, she turned off the lights in my office and took off running. Um, uh-huh. I saw her as plain as day. Um, and also heard the clicking noise when my light in my room went off. That was that's what made me look toward the doorway, and there she was standing, um, mm-hmm. about to uh, take off. Um, the thing I saw, or the apparition I saw, in two years later, was the all white lady. Um, this time it was the sound of the rustling noise, like leaves or paper rustling. And I was in my office, and something. I kept asking myself, "What's that noise? What's that noise?" Um, Tina was not even in the house, so I looked toward the hallway, the direction that the noise was coming from, and there she was coming around the corner, the white lady, uh, but no interaction. It was almost like I was watching a footage or a movie or a, a reel. Like a part uh, of her life. Uh, yeah, because she was holding something in her hand. In her hand. Uh, we didn't make eye contact, but she was going from left to right, and she went into the room to the right of me, which is another bedroom. Um but that was interesting. Uh, but then two more times that I saw the apparition, she was back gray again. And these were uh, once downstairs when she was peeking at me. I was working from home on my laptop. And you get that feeling of being watched, like something's watching you. Right. And all of a sudden, the house is just quiet. And you're like, even with the TV on, why is the house all of a sudden quiet? It seems like something's going on. And I looked up and she was peeking around the corner yeah. looking dead at me. Which would make more uh, sense because you seem to be the more targeted in the whole situation. So maybe something, you know, like she is a wife of somebody who she didn't, and maybe she didn't get along with men, or maybe her marriage didn't work out very well. And if you are on oh, those Indian know, burial uh, grounds, I mean. Yeah, we know who, who the apparition is. I, I, I uh, list who the apparition um, is in my book, and I hope your listeners, I mean, the book is a very comprehensive scientific 
told from the house occupant's point of view. It's really where can we find the book? Oh, the book is on Amazon. The Bothell Hell House is on uh, Amazon paperback and Kindle, and it's 436 pages. But um, there are three chapters that I specifically. Uh, one is called the gray lady and that's the one I saw who turned off the lights one is called the white lady um, but when I started figuring out two years into living in the house each time I saw this apparition is this apparition looks like somebody I know and the previous occupant that's the gray lady the lady who I talked to who said yeah they had activity who went through a, a, an enormous amount of stress four suicidal attempts in the home from her, she tried to kill herself, uh, 2008, 2009. So she, she lived in the house. uh, Yeah, this is the house. This this is the family that spoke of having activity. Um, keep in mind, she was alive at the time I was seeing these apparitions. So, um, that makes this Portuguese even more interesting and adds another layer of weird to it because rarely do you see apparition sightings of the living. It's, it's known it's possible, but it's extremely rare. Um, and then seeing these apparitions look like uh, her name was Rhonda, uh, the lady I talked to. And we had a six months or eight months of back and forth with me and her about the house and what they lived through, what she went through herself, and how suicidal she was. And she described the house as a living hell. She said the house was a living hell. Uh, they couldn't put their finger on it. It just seemed to have bad luck the minute they moved in the house. Well, now you have me seeing apparitions that look like her. Of course, I don't want to tell her at the time. I don't want to freak her out. Right. But I'm slowly connecting the dots as to some of her energy is either frozen in the house. Ooh. Some of her, um, wow. I don't That's know, um, I guess persona, if you will, because these apparitions, either they adopted. Or they could take, like her, yeah, take form. Or they were just basically uh, an, an outreach of her, or she was projecting, uh, but didn't know it. Um, the first time I saw the white apparition is also the same night. There's a video on my YouTube channel, and a ghost of it. This is what got Ghost of It's attention about this case was the flying candles hitting my bookshelf. Um, they showed that scene in their episode because uh, that's that's the scene, that's the activity that caught the local news and national news of, oh my God, he's got candles. You can see candles throwing or impacting the, the hallway bookshelf. Well, that's the same night within a few minutes later, I saw the white apparition. Those mm. happened within maybe, if not an hour, 30 minutes from each other. Now, uh, I remember back when you had originally moved out of the house, uh, when you moved into the apartment, you had some uh, like a water spot on the ceiling uh, that was dripping down. I think you had said it was on. It dripped onto your computer and stuff. Do you remember? Did y'all ever figure out what that was? If that had anything to do with anything? Well, it came back in inconclusive, meaning no problem found from the plumbing maintenance and property management office because um, they came were able to descend on the house within minutes of me contacting them because the water leaking through a, a ceiling in an apartment unit is serious business. Yeah. Um, so they were able to respond and see the water coming through uh, the ceiling and hitting my kitchen table, and they were scratching their heads. Uh, we all hoped that there was a, a spilt over aquarium upstairs from the upstairs neighbor. <laughs> a water bed. Or a buster <laughs> pipe or water bed, of course. <laughs> 
none of that's the case because we're in the paranormal and we're talking to Keith Linder. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and uh, I've never had my fingers crossed wishing that all that bad news would be true because <laughs> they got to leave. I got to live here and I got to deduce what does that mean? I got water puddles in my new um, place of establishment where I, have, I also had water puddles in my old place. But um, yeah, and the property manager, their, their report was no trouble found. We're glad it's never happened again. <laughs> and if it happens again, we'll look and see. But we don't know why water was coming from your cellar, dude. That's weird. And, and so no one after you moved out has come in to any weirdness or any poltergeist, anything? In the in the in the old house, the the new yeah, the in the old house, house, no one's tried to contact him because I'm sure they all realize that he's famous. I mean, it may be even up still for sale for all I know, but no, there's a family that moved into the old house and they were told by the homeowner of the house being have an activity um the house is relatively known in bothell nobody knows the exact location but everybody knows that there was a crazy haunted house in bothell uh they got international but they moved in maybe a few weeks after i moved out um and hardcore i get get an interesting um email of two months later from my friend who lives across the street uh who researched the house he's a paranormal investigator but he emails me one day and says, um, hey, your house, the one you just lived in, the new occupiers just put a blue door on your house. The front door is blue now. And they must have lived in the house maybe a month, and they've already put a blue door there. And um, I looked up what a blue door symbolizes, and it symbolizes keep negative spirits out. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. wow. Sort of ward off negative spirits. So they know. I mean, it's relatively... Hard not to know. I always, always get knocks on my door from neighbors, especially after Ghost Adventures left. Of, is it still happening? Is it still happening? <laughs> I mean, no, it sounds horrible, but I want to know. Like after you, okay, so you moved into the house and you paid so much amount of money. I'm not asking how much, but when you moved out and it got resold, did it sell for cheaper since it was? Well, he, he didn't own haunted? it. He didn't. Own no, it. but he was renting though. Or I mean, no, like, house, like, here's the here's the deal about the house. The house sold for way more than it was when we moved in. And here's why. The economy in Seattle and Puget Sound, there's a housing shortage. Mm-hmm. We're, tech, we're tech booming. Um, houses are hard to come by. The area that I live in was highly, I mean, every other house is IT. You got Boeing, Microsoft, Facebook, right. whatever. So the house sold relatively quickly. Um it was not one of those deals of, oh, my God, houses in Annabelleville, we're going to have a hard time selling it. <laughs> no, it was in the Pacific Northwest. But, I mean, with the, with the... Bibles and the crosses, um, people, I mean, it, it's a husband and wife. They have no children. and um, Which would be targeted India. from past things that you it's, say. <laughs> exactly. And they're from India, and they, and they, brought, and they did buy the house. And uh, they put a blue door on there. And they were told what to do and what not to do should the activity return. Um, Steve Mara and Don Phillips theorized that the house is always going to be active. And by active, you have to keep in mind, there's going to be activity happening around you that you may not even know is paranormal. Well, that's what I was saying. Did they get it for a cheaper amount? Because well, well is... he's saying that the you know there's a big market boom in, in housing. So it didn't even matter. It, it, it didn't, didn't matter. matter. It didn't matter. Yeah. They didn't care. Holy yeah, crap. Yeah, the house could have had like 
die kale on the ceiling of it. <laughs> <laughs> it would have sold. All those well, there's no houses. We gotta all, take this one. All the IT yeah. professionals needed uh, housing. That's so. crazy. But they knew to put a blue door. Well, yeah, uh, he said because they, of I know I know why, but like that just. I mean, I as a person, I can't say, hey, you know what? I really love this house, but I know it's haunted by spirits. Let's just throw a blue door up. Like, that's just not me. Like I just, I'd be like, no, let's move on down the row and see what we can find. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll risk living in a hotel yeah. for a little while until we find a better house. Like, I mean, more power to them. They deserve a postcard of commem- like commemorance or whatever, you know? Like, Congratulations for... Yeah. Good for yeah, you, and... man, because you were able to do it. And I sometimes want to go by and... Uh... Ask them, hey, are you seeing anything? But I feel, I feel it's not my place being. I a think the big blue door occupant. tells everything. <laughs> but the blue door, you're right, tells me what I need to know. Well, maybe and it was precautionary. I yeah. mean, yeah, too. but you, you can't. I mean, that's really weird because you got to think about it. Because them going into it, either they have to be like skepticism. because, Or the realtor has to be telling them this stuff because you just don't go. And you just don't do a blue door unless you well, know. He, you got to know Keith what that means. said that means. they're from India. So it, what if it's one of their traditions? Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. It could just be yeah. a, a crazy tradition that also means, I say crazy tradition. It may be a, a tradition. and Normal tradition. Uh, a, a normal tradition <laughs> to them, yes. Well, I know there's a lot of people in the South that have like the, because I knew about the blue door. Are you, so you're just saying, well, I mean. Well, that's what, what I'm saying. It's, it's, it's got mo- more than one meaning. they could have just mm-hmm. done it and. Never even knew right, what yeah. it meant. It, right. There's a lot of things. Just weird coincidence. Or it could just it could mean one thing in one culture and another thing in another culture. Or it could just be All coincidence. All I can think <laughs> of is Beetlejuice. <laughs> Where they go and move into the house and they're like, let's just do this, 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 and this. And they start, oh, they start changing everything yeah, around. Yeah, changing everything around. It's like, still in the attic. <laughs> <laughs> yep, still in, exactly. It's still going to be there no matter what you do. Blue door or not. If that spirit wants to get in, it's going. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess that's more psychological. You're thinking you're being proactive psychologically because you're right. Different traditions. I mean, I think my grandmother had a horseshoe hung up somewhere in the house. Yes, it's got to be hung up, not down, so that that yeah, luck doesn't fall down. All, all and your, all your luck gets caught. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your luck gets caught in it. And, doesn't and pour you out. sweep. Toward, are you sweep away from the door or towards the door, not away from the and door? And don't sweep across someone's feet. Otherwise, they won't get married. I mean, you're talking about superstition people here. We are superstition. <laughs> My whole, I'm from the Southern. Like, we got superstition on lock, for sure. Like, I'm, oh, that's yeah. why it's oh. kind of like scary whenever you start talking ghosts and everything. Cause, like, I had a um, nephew or a cousin. Yeah, nephew, cousin, just the way he's adopted in. But, he actually did like this class thing, and when he did the class thing, it said that our, let's see, great, 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 our third great aunt out was burned at the stake for being a witch. Oh, wow. Yes. So you're like, not that I ran and was like, hey, I'm a witch, everybody. <laughs> Start pointing <laughs> fingers, you know. like. But I can <laughs> confirm that she is a witch. <laughs> no. But, you know, like, when, you know, everybody's like, oh, my God, you know. But a lot of things, when you find out things in your life and your background, you start really getting a lot of answers. And you really start understanding some things like, well, creepy, you know, people and 
like why they're doing things and why things are happening. But I mean, I don't know. I have, I've dealt with a lot of weird, creepy things. Like the, I had the little girl when I was pregnant with my son, I was sleeping, turned over for some reason. I don't know where I saw a little girl with black hair, red coat, and thought, oh, well, this is a, in my mind, I thought it was a symbolization that I was going to have a little girl. Not true. Next morning, I was kind of creeped out. So the next morning, me and my sister, we went thrift shopping. Very first thing I ever saw was a little red raincoat. And I was like, okay, I'm done. I bought it because I'm very superstitious. And that's where I, it's really hard for me because I was like, oh, okay, red raincoat, done. You're, it's bought, it's good, and it had little girl's name, Katie, inside of it. So I was really freaked out because I didn't want that superstitious or that ghost hooked onto me forever because I didn't know what it was. That is weird. Well, um, I guess we, uh, we're we going to wrap everything up. Uh, if you would uh, tell everyone the book and where they can find it and Tell them your YouTube channel, and uh, that way people can... Because you've got a lot of evidence. You have... Yeah, I want to download it and read it. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm about to download it on my I Kindle. I iBooks, but I don't know how to get to it through iBooks. Yeah. I'll get it on my Kindle, and you can read it after me. Okay, good. <laughs> so We share everything anyway. Yeah. Yeah, so um, the, yeah, the Bothell Hell House is on Amazon via Kindle. Uh, easily downloadable. Um, you guys are going to like it because... In the book itself, uh, there are links to the evidence and to the activity, meaning that if you're in a chapter and I say post a car fire or we heard a voice or a, a loud bang, um, odds are that's going to have a link to it to where you can hear it yourself. Oh, that's cool. Um, it's going to be very interactive. It's going to take you automatically to the YouTube channel. You'll see a hyperlink. Um, also, when the team start coming in, and finding their own stuff um, and giving me their evidence, the EVPs and whatnot, uh, there are links to those as well. So when Carissa Fleck was on the patio conducting the EVP session, she asked how many dark shadows are out here, and a kid voice just blurts out three. Oh, Um, hell no. Yeah, and it's like standing, (laughs) the close proximity to her is like, might as well be sitting on a shoulder. Um, so that's in the book. Um, Nikki and whatnot, EVPs, um, the, the the baby doll screaming and laughing when the house is empty um, is in the book. You can click on that link. There's a short version and a long version. Uh, the short version is maybe 20 minutes or so. Long version is about an hour and a half uh, because the baby doll screams like three times. It's a motion detect doll. Um and the house is empty, but it's being monitored by motion cameras. So we hear and see it, and we're we're downtown Seattle when this happens. Also, Steve and Dawn's video of them in the hallway and other videos of them setting up equipment and the EVPs of, it's a camera, it's a camera. There's there's two voices, male and, two male voices talking underneath Steve and Dawn while they're setting up their tripods and equipment. Wait, so I have a quick uh, question. Y'all have caught... Uh... Activity in your house while you weren't even in there. Yeah, he had. He, remember? Oh yeah, numbers times. Yes. Remember the, the scary video I showed you of the chairs knew, sliding across. Well, I knew the... that part of it, but I didn't know like they were that far away. Oh yeah. Wow. Oh yeah, that yeah. We're. I mean, we. I mean, 
when the ladies came to do the monitoring, um, they brought their A game, and this was all planned of we're going to put cameras on the voice recorders. We're going to put a motion shadow. That's a shadow baby. Uh, on the couch, and we're going to leave the house. We're going to tape ourselves leaving the house. However, right. uh, we got what we call our birds in the sky of one person who's still in Boston who's Which watching the house. Which makes you think it's kind of weird that you can fool a ghost like that. Well, these ghosts in particular because they were always curious about new technology. These were not the ones that would go high. These are the ones, and the voices that Stephen Don caught proved that, that effect of when you're setting up equipment um, they're right there amongst you. They're not waiting for you to oh, leave. Oh, so they're and, like and learning they new techniques for themselves. Exactly. And they're talking amongst themselves as to what this is, what this does. Wow. When Nikki came from the airport and to my house, Nikki Novell, um, she put, she had two suitcases worth of paranormal gear. And she, you know, like most people, you unpack and you spread everything out on your bed and do inventory. Well, she came back downstairs, me, her, and Carissa are talking. Uh, comes back upstairs an hour later. All her stuff is rearranged on her bed. All her gear, all her voice recorders, like cameras. Like through it all. Yeah, they had rummaged through it all and whatnot. And, I mean, it was very interesting. But they've done that numerous times before. And they've done it with me and Tina. I mean, they've done it with my camera, so it was not shocking they're learning. Uh, for me to do it. But they're learning, and they're very wow. inquisitive. And we even got them on EVP, and this is in my book also, where they actually say, steal a camera, take a camera, whatever they want oh, to Oh, yeah, learn. I remember that. That was the most creepy part for me. Yeah, it says take the camera. One is telling the other spirit to take it. Yeah. And oh. um, so all of that and links to the the evidence and to the file. Makes you almost think it's a kid. Yeah. Hey, the kid. Like a kid, weird. like spirit going, ha take a camera, like... <laughs> Yeah. Well, one's very, uh, one is called Ray. Ray is the one that we believe is the subordinate. Um, the elder one is always telling Ray to do something, inside or outside. Steve Don caught Ray's voice outside the house as well as inside the house. I've caught Ray's voice. Other teams have caught Ray. Um, and it's always being instructed. It's like one is mentoring the other one. Or what if, blow them. your mind, it's a ghost with multiple personality disorder? Yeah. That'd be fucking oh, tripped. Yeah, it is a shrink. Yeah, that's <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, definitely and then like I said, after six months or whatever, after y'all read the book completely, uh by then of course the documentary would be well out. Uh I can come back and talk about what y'all got from the book and the documentary. Well see here. Well I'd rather read the book. If I read the book Will you come back on after I read the book and I have multiple <laughs> well, bazillion oh, questions? I would like to see the documentary too because we started uh, a a new segment on our show called Secret Theater oh, Twenty Nine yeah. Ninety Nine, where mm-hmm. we actually watch documentaries and kind of do the mystery science theater three thousand. Uh, we we pause the movie and we'll, or we pause the documentary and we'll we'll discuss what's happening and what's going on and uh, oh perfect. Perfect. So that would be perfect for that, and then we could also have you on so we could talk about it more and uh, ask more questions because sure. I, I'm very interested in this case because you've got so much on your YouTube channel it's alone. It's personal. It's personal now. Like with with us knowing him and us talking to him, like you can hear about it all day long in your neighborhood or you know go yeah. on a tour or anything like that. But now that we have like really been you know incorporated with you know him like it's a different thing it's exciting 
uh, I, I'm going to put a make sure there's a link uh, in the description of this episode for the book, uh, for your YouTube channel, uh, and links to your social media. So Okay. Uh, cool. But, but uh, we really appreciate you coming on and, and t- talking more of your experiences. Like I said, uh, hopefully... After we've read the book and seen the documentary, uh, what, what's what's the documentary title going to be? Uh, the name of the documentary is "The uh, Demons in Seattle Uncovered." Okay, and it's documentary is only about Stephen Dawn's two week investigation. Um, you're going to get an information overload in my book, <laughs> so you're going to love the Kindle. I mean, uh, I, I guarantee you that. Because um, it's four years worth of hell in there, but yeah, the documentary is going to talk about Stephen Dawn coming and staying two weeks in the house, um, and um, so that's what it's called: the Demons in Seattle Uncovered. Very cool. And uh, l- let me let me ask a goofy question just for fun before we let you go. Uh, if uh, Hollywood ever tries to take this story and then spin it and make it a, a little more scarier, who's going to be the actor that plays you? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well. Full disclosure, um, Hollywood <gasps> has already reached out to me. Oh, um, what? Hollywood has already bought the rights to the book to turn it into a screenplay. Nice. Yes. No fucking way. Uh, oh, that was exciting. That was, <laughs> that was done we last week. We blew the top off that. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, you got, you got that question in there. Um, I was just so trying to be funny. There's so much information to cover. But yeah, Hollywood, um, they came to me, they a parapsychologist who oh. a writer in Hollywood, so you got to read this book. Uh, they reached out to me three weeks ago, this production company. And they do paranormal. They, and um, no, she really said, good. and she she read the book. It's like, oh my God, I want, I want this, I want this. So she, um, we talked and did the paperwork and went over stuff, and she's writing a screenplay. So now if you read the book, there's going to be a screenplay. Um, wow. They've asked me just in an abstract, who would I want to play me? Um, I told her, uh, and I don't know his name, but I remember, I, I, just, I just think he would incorporate me if he was to do this movie of me, is the guy that plays... Um, Falcon and uh, Avengers. Okay, yeah, uh, um, I can't think of his name either. Oh yes, um, I, I think he 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 would be good. Also, the other guy who uh, used to be on Walking Dead, but he's not on Walking Dead anymore. The guy with the glasses, but I think he had his own spy show on Fox. Uh, was he played Doctor Dre in uh, Straight Outta Compton? Oh, okay, okay, uh, yeah. Uh, both, both those two. Um, the lady who's writing the screenplay is very. She's very. She's good friends with Jada Pickett and Will Smith, um, and she wants to get the scre- screenplay in Will Smith and Jada Pickett's hands, and she's pretty sure she can. Uh, but we're having conference calls, and she's just like, "There's so much in this book. Oh my god, I got uh, way more material." Going back to that, you know, most cases Hollywood does have to exaggerate the true story. They have to make infilled into the conjuring but then superimposed some of the activity she was like they're not going to have any problem with this book they're really not going to have anything there's not going to be anything worth that they have to over exaggerate or um blow up because you got so much stuff right normally hollywood will take a story like oh let's take that and make it to this he's like no you've got three burning bibles dude you got (laughs) stuff and 
levitating objects and you got the evidence and you got what most movies don't have is you got legitimate paranormal teams that are going on record already to said that what they saw was real and willing to back your claims up and you got the you got the ghost adventures controversy in it uh you got the breakup of the relationship and even though that's bad for you and, and tina right. uh that is a part of the story and you got the previous tenant looking like an apparition you got the previous tenant full disclosure i'll just tell you guys because you're going to find out in, by the way because you're going to find out in the book anyway she does commit suicide toward the end oh, of the book oh man oh no the previous tenant does so you got all these different angles and um so there's a lot to chew on for hollywood but yeah oh yeah um, yeah it's going to be very interesting and if, if, and if it does go to film then yeah, it'll be uh, it'll probably be uh, telling one aspect of a multifaceted book. So but... the person before him living in the yeah, house she committed was... suicide. Yep. Yeah, she committed suicide right before the book was done. With she had had a lot of dark stuff, and there were still demons in her life, uh, mentally and socially. Um, and like she, her oh, her words, God. not mine. She never she never landed on two feet after. But you had talked to her, didn't you? Say that you talked yeah, to her. Yeah, he, mm-hmm. he had spoken with her. Uh, yeah, we Aww. talked a lot. I mean, keep, I have to quote her and everything for the book, and she's telling me everything that they experienced. So I, I, I get my you know my quotes right and whatnot. But at the same time, things are just dark for her and their current place of living. And if a person has killed, tried to kill themselves four times in the Bothell house. Um, yeah, it, she just finally was as successful um, outside the Bothell house, and and that was a tragedy. But the book is dedicated to her. I, oh, that's uh, very nice. You'll come to maybe page three where you'll see uh, where two names of the who the book is dedicated to, and one of them's her. But watch the reenactment of the White Lady because that's another video, three uh, D reenactment of the White Lady apparition. How that video plays is pretty much one hundred percent of how it went down. Huh. Uh, we did a good job doing a reenactment of that of that scene. So you'll see that in the white lady chapter of her walking by my door um, and looks just like the previous tenant. Oh. Well, uh, like I said, uh, thank you for coming on. We have a lot to look forward to now. So, uh, you know, Hollywood movies, documentaries, and books now. So thank you, thank you, thank you. We really appreciate you uh, taking the time to talk with us and everything. So uh, thank you very much. Okay. Thanks, Keith. I appreciate uh, it. I'll stay in touch with you. Okay, yeah. We'd like to thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. And we also hope that you go pick up Keith's book, which I will have a link to in the show notes. So go check it out and uh, let us know what you think of it. I'd love to hear what you think of it. Make sure you check out our sponsors, Studio Sweden. And you can save 15% at checkout when you use the promo code SECRET. And then Cryptid Crate, you can save 20% off your first purchase using the promo code SECRETPOD. Cryptid Crate is a crate service that provides you with the coolest cryptozoology items that you can find every single month delivered straight to your door. You'll get t-shirts, you'll get books, you'll get DVDs, you'll get stickers, you'll get hats, you'll get all kinds of cool stuff relating to cryptozoology. So go to cryptidcrate.com and use the promo code SECRETPOD to save 20% off. And when you do, that's going to help the show out. So please, go try Cryptid Crate for just one month, see if you like it, and then you can cancel. It's a great service. You won't cancel, though. I wanted to take a quick selfish minute to uh, 
promote my new podcast with my friend Goobs from the Derailers podcast. You may have heard him before on our show a couple times. They even took over a show. But me and Goobs, we started a podcast called Secret Levels. It is a retro video game podcast. We're going to talk about one old video game per episode. And we're going to try to stick around 30 minutes. We don't want it to be too long. So they're going to be about 30 minute episodes or so. The second episode releases on Saturday. And we're covering Streets of Rage 2 with another friend, Zanger, from the Zang This podcast. So please go check that out. Support it if you like old video games. The first one we did was Shaq Fu. And uh, it was a terrible game, but it's still a lot of fun to uh, make fun of. So please, like I said, support that if you want. It's on all the normal podcast places that you can find your podcast. So speaking of supporting, if you'd like to support our show, please go to our Patreon. And if, if you donate a buck, we're going to have some extra content. We're going to send out stickers. There's different tiers. Um, it's patreon.com slash secret transmission. We'd really appreciate your help, but it's not mandatory. We love you even if you don't. So don't feel obligated, but we appreciate everyone that does. And with that being said, let me read off our patrons. We've got Bobby T, HF Raider, Chris L, Ray W, Edwin H, Derek H, Catsley, Justin Z, Lynn S, Vincent, Miles. Love you all. Thank you guys. You can also support us by going to T Public and ordering one of our t shirts, our many, many t shirts that we have up. Each shirt sold, we do get a little bitty piece of the money, so it does go back to helping the show. We usually buy stickers, help with, helps with hosting, all that good stuff. And we will have a link in the description of this episode if you would like to help support the show in that way. And if you do get a t-shirt, please send us a picture of it. We want to see them. We participate in Pod T Tuesday. Hashtag Pod T Tuesday. And uh, I wish we could get that thing going. You know, wear your favorite podcast t-shirt on Tuesday and use that hashtag on any social media and show it off. So if you have one of ours, please do so. More than likely, I'm going to repost it. Make sure you follow us on our social medias so you can tag us in, in the post. Twitter and Instagram at Secret Transpod. We have a Facebook page, so go find that. We have a group called the Secret Transmission Secret Group. You can chit-chat with us. And I think that's going to be it to wrap up this episode. So we hope you come back next week as we try to explain the unexplainable. Say goodbye, <laughs> this podcast is part of the Somebodies Network. You're never alone when you've got some buddies.